everybody, welcome to this episode of Murder Blows. This week, Cody. Oh my god, Cody learns us some things. So Cody's going to take us down the ride, down the trip. What's the appropriate word? I don't know. I don't think there is one. She's going to tell us about the opioid crisis and how early it started, and how it's still going on, and we learn who the Sacklers are, and fuck those guys. Uh, trigger warning on this episode, there is opioids and pills and heroin and all that stuff is involved in the case, so get ready for that. Yeah, my name's Maisie, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Cody, Sasha, and Violet. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, play that <laughs> intro music. Once we started recording, I had the craziest story. Spoiler alert, we're recording. Nice. <laughs> Sasha, do you want to tell everyone what I texted you? Let's see if it's still up. Awesome, I'm just going to have to mute this whole fucking episode because my goddamn neighbor is mowing his yard. It's 7 o'clock. <laughs> uh... 7 o'clock. My neighbor growing up used to mow his yard at ungodly hours like that but with their shirt off whatever whatever time of the day gross but he was a good man macy i was listening to the last episode and you hadn't done any funny voices really the entire episode and then all of a sudden you were talking (laughs) you were telling your case and you go and then her mother (laughs) (laughs) it made me laugh so hard i was like in my office i was like (laughs) (laughs) i couldn't listen to that last episode I listened all the way up until I started going on my case, and I was like, that's enough for you. (laughs) We're done here. We're done here. So, at, um, 610, do you hear my fucking cat panicking? I thought thought it was Boris. I never know anymore. No. Oh my god. Okay. I just, you know that thermometer that they fill up when they do fundraisers with, like, red marker? Like, (laughs) my thermometer is tippy tap oh but at six ten today which was a mere 38 minutes ago coffee bean ghost also known as violet <laughs> messaged me y'all whoa i just fought a bird <laughs> there was <laughs> some disbelief um to which she responded at six eighteen. i want to save this for the oh no hold on i just straight up fought a fucking bird lol and then <laughs> I want to save this for the podcast. So that is where we are at now. So dot, continue. Dot, dot. How big was the bird? It was a robin. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so I'm driving home. I'm about to turn onto my street, and this beautiful, adorable orange and white cat is like trying to cross the street. And I'm like, okay, little guy, just go. And then out of nowhere, a fucking robin comes in, dive bombs it, and starts, like, pecking and biting at it and, like, grabbing it with his weird little bird hands, right? This bird is going fucking bonkers, ballistic. And I was like, oh, my God, this, like, bird is attacking this cat. So I slammed my car in the park, and I got out. And I was like, go away, bird! Ah! And 
like trying to scare it away. I got up next to the cat. The cat is just like laying on the ground. Like the cat is given up. Like in terror, like it's just I like, oh, this is fine. Well, and then I see his poor little eye is like all red and it looks a little bloody. And I was like, this bird has been like having it the fuck out with this cat. And so I tried to shoo the bird away and he kept dive bombing it. So I was like, fuck this. And I kicked the shit out of it. <laughs> Oh my god. I'm sorry oh I had god. to kick a bird, but this poor cat was just like, wow, wow, and like being <laughs> fucking brutalized by a robin. To be fair, the cat was probably trying to eat its babies. Oh shit, don't make me feel bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh no. Robins aren't real big assholes unless there's babies involved. And I have babies in my fern. They're adorable. Um, but I haven't true. been attacked yet, which is funny because my mom has been attacked by a robin, so. But, I mean, damn, he was, like, <laughs> wrecking this cat, and I just couldn't bear They're to see it. Fucking aggressive. So I'm sorry if I hurt the bird, but I just wanted him to leave the cat alone. But then it was funny, the cat, like, crossed the street. I don't know where the bird went. He flew <laughs> away, so I'm assuming if I did anything, it's some internal damage. He was probably going to die tomorrow anyways. Uh <laughs> Um, but the cat just like stared at me and I had like treats in my bag. So I like threw him a couple and I just left him. (laughs) I was, but the cat looked at me like I was like that scene in the Incredibles when the little boy sees Mr. Incredible. (laughs) The cat was just like, for those of you that For those of you that can't see my face, I had to squint. Over here, oh my! I had to get that bird off that fucking cat. (laughs) Anyway, you're both a hero and a villain. I don't think anything is more suitable to you. Yep. (laughs) That breath. Yep. (laughs) Yep. I'm not proud, but yeah, you are. I just felt so bad. I was shocked. I kicked the shit out of that bird, though. I did not expect it out of me. <laughs> After it happened, I was just like, okay. <laughs> all right. Anyways, that's all that has been exciting this week. <laughs> that's that's <hilarious>. tight. <laughs> As John would say, Violet is so clutch. Violet is so clutch. <laughs> I kicked that bird halfway across the court. <laughs> Good job. In other news, my mom got a monkey. (laughs) Wait. Wait. You know who else had a monkey? (laughs) Fucking maniacs. (laughs) Jim Jones? No, I forgot. Yeah. I I have questions. Are they legal? I don't know. I don't want to ask questions. No, they're in Virginia now, but my mom texted me for travel tips, and I'm like, fucking sweet, they're going to go on a vacation that is so precious. And she's like, I need to find a cheap flight to Florida, like, tomorrow. And I'm like, I got you. No biggie. Easy peasy. Well, they flew to Florida to get a monkey. Does the monkey Not... have a diaper? I what, don't know. What type of monkey? I don't know. Was it already in a home? Did they just take it from the zoo? I have no, questions. <laughs> oh my god. I just, okay, I'm like, monkey you know how I feel breeders? about animals. And I'm like, just leave the fucking monkeys alone. Leave the monkeys alone. 
I'm already inheriting a bird that will live to be 80. The last thing I need is a fucking captive monkey when she dies. Like, Sasha, I love you, but I will not go anywhere near that monkey. I don't care if he has been so well trained and has fucking, like, saved homeless people or some shit or children. I'm not interested in the monkey either. Trust me. mm -mm. I... I was so excited. They got their passports and they wanted me to come visit so they could go on an international trip. And I was like, yes, yes, I've rubbed up on them. Live your best life. Let me recommend some countries to visit. And then she was like, well, I think her travel plans are going to be put on hold. We have a much bigger purchase in store. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how much is a monkey. Let's find out. Why? Why is the monkey? <laughs> Excuse me. But, uh, they got a monkey instead of traveling. And now I'm like, who's going to watch your house, your dogs, and your children, and your bird, and a monkey? Like, everyone needs to calm down. Monkey for sale. Oh my god. <laughs> your, your FBI agent is curious about you now. Oh, I've, I... I have already Googled, um, I think it's a spider monkey. No. Yes. Maybe it's a caption monkey. Did they send you a picture? Yeah. It's ugly. I mean, it's a monkey, but... What's the name of the monkey? Did they at least give it a good name? I don't know. I'm trying not to encourage them. I hope they find out it doesn't work and they get rid of the monkey. Also, can you... This one is $5,000. What? So Did that's a my... thing. <laughs> Mari just ca- caught a fly in her mouth, but she like jumped almost to my head behind the chair. Oh, man. I wish we were recording video because that would have been epic. It was an action shot. Um, five grand for a monkey. And that's just this one kind of monkey. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my life right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Cody. My wow. mom just has pro-life stuff all over Facebook. Woof, that's worse. I'll take the monkey. <laughs> take the monkey. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take the monkey. I haven't even started. I didn't, I'm not even going to talk about pro-life stuff with my mom, but. Oh, I didn't. I just saw her Facebook. We're not like, Facebook nope. friends. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're not Facebook friends, and I no longer have a real Facebook. I only have a fake Facebook that I don't use. My, my dad liked a tweet of mine today. No, I, I thought the Twitter I was sacred. Totally forgot he had a Twitter because he hasn't used it in since 2013. Oh. But. <laughs> apparently he's a lurker. Apparently he's a lurker, but then he's an unliker because he must have saw that I saw that he liked it. That's all right, Greg. Go ahead. Go off. You know how I feel. That's it. <laughs> is is Greg cool or like Rhonda? Um, he wouldn't approve of my swearing on here, but it's this is partly his fault because he was also interested in true crime. But I meant, I think when Donald Trump was elected, he was like, "Yeah, that's a good choice." And then now he's like, "I don't. What's going on? Like, what are we even doing?" But. Well, at least he has that opinion, and he's not—he's not a 
pro-lifer. He's not pro-choice, or he doesn't really say much on it because he's a dude, and that's yeah. what dudes should say. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think he is so scared of my stepmom in like a pretty hilarious way. Because if they were to fight, she could definitely win. <laughs> I'm rooting for you, Jen. You hear that? <laughs> I like this. I like Jen. Jen is my new favorite mom. Jen, Jen wouldn't buy a monkey. <laughs> no, Jen would not buy a monkey. She has a bird that will also live to be a hundred and whatever. <laughs> so those birds get attached to you. Yeah, I've never. She when I, we all moved in the same house for the first time, she took the bird out of her cage. The bird's name is Sophie, and she just like put it in the shower. She, like, turned the shower on, stuck her hand out. She was like, Sophie's in the bath. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> anyway, this what? is a weird turn. <laughs> Surely somebody has a story from this week. Jesus Christ. Not I really. Mean, I, I have a any... monkey. I'm 28 now. I'm That's sorry. a story. That's a story. I turned 28. I went to the Renaissance Fair. I got really drunk and really excited real quick. And Did you floss? Went home. Did you hit the woe at the Renaissance Fair? I don't yes. remember. Cool. Perfect. <laughs> I didn't like black out. It, I was just so excited. <laughs> also, it, it was had... like 93 degrees, and I thought we were all going to die. Hot. Yeah. Hot. Too damn hot. But it was so fun. I got sugar sick as an adult. Like What? I had too much sugar and got real sick. It was dumb. I hate it. Have you been not eating sugar? No. And then you just really. like went ham? That yeah, happened three more when you get older. I, I had a lot of Easter candy this year and I just was stuck in the bathroom. Oh, that's not what kind of sick I was. But yeah, oh. it felt bad. <laughs> that happened. But it was fun. It was so fun. It looked like a lot of fun. And this is kind of related, but not. Um, if one day we're ever in the same space and we all go to a con together, I know who I will be. I know I, Violet's face was just like, what? Who? I know I said I would gender bend. Is that what it's called? Gender bend? Called Drogo? But that's a lot of work. And I would rather be in the mode. She's my favorite. I'm already halfway there. You could get yourself a little baby Jack Jack. Yep, just get a black bob wig. Yes. I'm done. No capes. I support your decision. You do you. Boo. Just do your thing, girl. <laughs> Are you malfunctioning? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I'm really fucking tired. I don't know what the fuck is wrong. I think we're all malfunctioning. <laughs> You every time them. my week, Violet is like bushed. Every time. I know. Oh, I don't get it. It's, I think I'm jinxed. I think I jinxed Violet. I don't what know. Does bushed mean? As in George W? Yeah. <laughs> bushed is like really tired. Am I that yeah. old? Oh, God. No. no. I knew what bushed meant. I just said that for Violet's face because I can see it. Like that. How do you know? I may be a diehard Bush supporter. He's so hilarious now that he's old and senile. 
I only I... liked Jeb because he was like, please clap. <laughs> I just the story of my life. I just love the pictures of George W. Bush trying to put on that rain poncho. <laughs> Let's be totally honest. He was like, trying to zip up his uh, sweater, Jeb was, and he couldn't get it to zip. Wow. Why are the bushes, like, just fucking... Why are they, <laughs> if, why... if they get in any other temperature besides, like, 72 degree weather, they're just like... Because <laughs> <laughs> they're reptilians, Violet. They're from oh, Texas. Yeah. They oh. have no... <laughs> Why do they oh, malfunction? Yeah. They're from Texas. <laughs> I mean. Speaking of freaking Texas, tomorrow night, ladies and fucking gentlemen. Oh, oh, I'm so excited. One of our listeners, Magical Goo Jelly, aka one of my new best friends. <laughs> I didn't think I would get any more. I thought I was done with the friend making. <laughs> I was like, mm, nope, tapped out. But then this wonderful fucking creature came into my life, and she and is she great. was like, "Do you want hot dogs and donuts?" And I was like, <laughs> oh, like "Bitch, what? Is, what is that thing we? The boys say no. Oh, bitch. <laughs> oh, bitch. Ooh, my voice was like. Oh. Backstory: <laughs> We swatched eyeshadow, and Jeremiah's response was, "Oh, bitch. Ooh, bitch. There we go. <laughs> Ooh, that's bitch. Um, that's what happened. Now that everyone has been ooh bitched out." Um, Magical Goo Jelly got me tickets. This isn't going to mean jack diddly fucking bullshit squat to anyone. Maybe some of our listeners. Oh, I thought I heard Boris like right in the room and I was like, how the fuck did he do that? (laughs) Um, I got tickets to go see Joe Bob Briggs at the Belcourt Theater in downtown Nashville. It will already be over by the time this episode gets posted. So in two weeks, I'll let you know how it goes. But he does this, like, big, I don't, an event, I guess, uh, called How Redneck Saved Hollywood. And I am so excited. So excited. So Nice. Yeah. I'm very, like. gift. He, so he, think of, like, Elvira, but instead of, like, a sexy big boobied lady, he's like an old bitter uncle from Texas. <laughs> Who's just like in <laughs> my favorite thing that he does on the show. So he was on a show called Monster Vision when I was growing up, but now he does uh, this thing called The Last Drive In on Shudder. Um, and uh, where are my fucking words? Um, but he'll be talking about the movie, and then he's like, all right, enough chit chat. Let's play the movie. And then it'll, like, pan to a different angle. And he's just like, actually, I was just thinking about how much I fucking hated Chattanooga whiskey. And, like, just going off fucking tangent about whatever is on his brain. Like, it doesn't have to be horror movie related at all. Just anything. Last week, I think he bitched about toilet paper. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like man-sized tissues or something. I don't know. Anyways, I'm very excited to see him in all of his Texan glory. Good job, Magical Goo Jelly. Good gift. So excited. Also, I don't hate Texans. I was trying to tie into that <laughs> reptilian thing. 
Or they need to be warm or they malfunction. <laughs> I visited Texas once. It was lovely. Oh. I feel like I would not know what Twice. to do with myself if I ever visited Texas. Like, I would want to make sure that I got off the plane in, like, cowboy boots, a cowboy hat. One of those, like, nice button-up shirts with, like, long horns on them. I would just I embrace no it. Need a any of that stuff. Bolo tie. I would yeah. eat barbecue. And I would start singing Old Town Road. No. <laughs> they'd kick you out. <laughs> they would. Kick Texas not, would be done That's not me. for Texas to have. <laughs> they don't I would that. just throw a rain poncho at them and they'd fucking malfunction. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. I love Texans. I'm going to try to find out how many Texas listeners we have. Oh, yeah, I was gonna ask that. Also, what about people? Alabama? Are they listening? Not anymore. <laughs> not after last episode. Not ever. How many times we were like, "Hey, don't worry about it. We don't mean you. We just mean your lawmakers." But here we are. I can't tell my story, but I'm looking at it now. I'm sitting here and I'm like, "Oh my god, I have to pronounce medical words." Why did I do this to myself? Oh, I'm excited. I'm so excited. Give me medical words. <laughs> well, do we want to talk about our sponsor first? Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, I've never been put on the spot before. Yeah. Can I start? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I've had a very hectic, crazy week, and I took a seven-minute shower Sunday. But that is not enough time to do anything that I normally do. So my hair looks like shit. My face... Listeners can't see that, but it's, like, this whole area right here just hurts. I haven't been able to use any of my products because I haven't had time. In fact, I got so jealous, I took Scruffy Hands to work to use it, and I was like, I'm just going to use it. And my coworkers were like, hey, do you have some of that Scruffy Hands? My elbows are really dry. And I was like, okay, bitches. Yes, but then I'm using it. But I didn't have time. I haven't had time to eat lunch this week. So, like... Yeah. Anyways, my life has become very dependent on our sponsors. <laughs> this is what I'm getting at. Arcadian and Blanksley Labs. Their products are fucking dope. Get some scrubby hands. It's It smells so good. It is so hard not to test the can I eat this theory. So Don't. hard. I like know. the scrubby know. hands? It's yeah. Got- tobacco in it don't I eat tobacco i'm a smoker <laughs> it's like the same thing <laughs> right dude <laughs> cowabunga now i'm I just feel like no one told you edibles are like not made with leaves <laughs> they're made with oils and butter um <laughs> no I, yeah like <laughs> brownies to made with thc anyways but um yeah Long story long, uh, now I'm just playing a game to see how long it does take Allie to send me a very, like, polite message that's like, hey, Violet, loving the podcast, but also very concerned for your well-being. <laughs> the amount of freaking <laughs> lip scrub you've eaten. <laughs> the lip scrub I'm going to keep eating. I'm sorry, Allie. If you do send me a message about eating the lip scrub, I can't say that I'll stop. Um, the size of the bottle states do not ingest, and that's purely for Violet. <laughs> I actually looked and I did not see a do not ingest on it. May not on the lip scrub, but on all of the Arcadian stuff. And I think oh. she said it's because they had to. <laughs> That's hilarious. Because it um, smells so freaking good. 
Yeah. You don't want to ingest. You want to put it all over your body. Like, I'm about to do the sweet and salty scrub in, like, two hours. Yeah, and I'm but... just going to take, like, a beer into the... I'm going to take a beer into the shower and sweet and salty scrub myself. And I'll be, like, a new person. I'll be, like, a person that's scrubbed and no longer a reptile. I love that. Um, if you have no clue what we're talking about, we have some friends that make really dope products. So we've got Arcadian, which is, oh my god, Arcadian Official? Yep, at Arcadian Ar- Official. Yeah, at Arcadian Official on Instagram and on Twitter, and they make insanely great, um, like, they started out as a hair pomade company, but now they've kind of trickled into some like skincare stuff uh they have conditioning cream that sasha and i use at night we've trained our skin and our senses that when we smell that sweet smell of i don't it's so calming i don't even know what's really in it but my body knows it's time for bed when i use it and it's like kind of cooling but like not like a mentholated product would be yeah it doesn't tingle nothing stings or anything like that it just is a cream it feels nice on your face um, my husband Very uses their hair, pa- hair pomades. Oh my god, I just seized. Um, every day, he swears about that stuff. He gets really mad when his jar is empty. They have the beard oil. I don't know if you got hair on your skin, hair on your head, hair anywhere. Check them out. It's good stuff. Um, I have hair on my chin, and I hate it. Maybe you would hate it less if you used conditioning cream on it. Or they have a beard oil, <laughs> if you really want to take advantage of that thing. I got upper lip hair, it's I fine. use Nair. Live your, live your life. Um, you can use code MURDERBULLETS for 15% off at their website, which is just ArcadianGrooming.com. You should go check them out. And then, for the skin, and for all the scrubs we're talking about, you can check out Blank Slate Labs. They make really amazing um they have a great uni oil that i use every morning so i use the conditioning cream at night and the uni oil in the morning and it just makes my skin feel so soft and like i'm patting my cheeks but you can't see it just like awake and we're here for the day bitch um they also have a lip scrub that violet loves to eat that's her favorite snack and (laughs) That's how they I train them. my body to not be hungry anymore. <laughs> there you go. Just eat lip scrub. Don't do it. Allie says no. Allie is I'm the creator. Sure it's got calories in it. What? I'm pretty sure it's got calories in it. We could ask Allie, Allie for a calorie count. Sustenance. I don't think she'd give it to us. <laughs> She's like, this isn't even funny anymore. Stop. 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 Sasha would be like, wait, that's it? <laughs> I'd be like, I also like snacks. Uh, they but... also like the sweet and salty scrub is what Sasha's going to, I was going to say bake herself into, but that's not what you do with that. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to scrub it all over your body when we're done with this. And I'm going to scrub all my problems away. There you go. Um, check them out at blankslatelabs.com. They're on Blank Slate Labs on Instagram. And the same code, Murder Blows, all lowercase, works for them at their site for 50% off as well. Go tell them we sent you. Okay, goodbye. If anything, just get on their email list because they send out some sweet deals. Like, every order this weekend gets a lip balm. Like, or a sticker. Me, that's such a good deal. Yeah. One of the kind sticker. We love that. I do like stickers. Or at least, like, go follow them on Instagram and check them out. Because they post regularly also. 
a YouTube channel. Yep. You want to know how to do your hair? Ericdale will show you. Ericdale's our creator of Arcadian. Come on! Win, win everything. Okay, well, I don't have a great tie-in this time. <laughs> I don't either. I was trying to think of medical stuff and natural ingredients. Oh, hold on. If you're addicted to Arcadian and Blank Slate Labs, you might also be addicted to opiates. <laughs> wow. Wow. So I'm doing my case on the opioid epidemic, which can go in 10 million directions and can be really long. But I'm just going to talk about the definition of it and the history of it and then a too close for comfort story for it um are we getting any mk ultra no i know that's well, not technically opioids but still no i didn't include any of that but there's okay next crazy. time part two. Oh, thanks <laughs> thanks all right i used um my references wikipedia and then i used um an episode of Reveal called Too Many Pills, and it's a podcast, and it's pretty awesome. And there's also a documentary that I have watched in the past called Heroin, and it's really, really, really good. Um, there's also a couple episodes um, on Throughline. It's a new NPR podcast, and there's an episode called Opioids in America. But I'm going to tell you the definition uh, opioids are the substances that act on opioid receptors to produce morphine-like effects. Medically, they are primarily used for pain relief, including anesthesia. Side effects may include itchiness, sedation, nausea, respiratory depression, constipation, and euphoria. Tolerance and dependence would develop with continuous use, requiring increasing dose, doses and leading to a withdrawal syndrome upon abrupt discontinuation. The euphoria attracts recreational use and frequent escalating recreational use of opioids typically results in addiction. Did you not tell them about the constipation? <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought I was being funny, but it's really not. No, it's true. It's true. But um, I think I have that somewhere in my notes, actually. No, you yeah, said constipation, constipation and constipation and euphoria in one thing, and I was like, who wants to recreationally use that if it also means you can't poop? It does. Like, one thing that really sucks, I'm just going to tell you this from experience, after you have a child vaginally, they cut you and sit you back up, and they give you pain medication for that, which constipates you. And so you have to shit a giant massive shit because you haven't shit in like a week, and you have to shit it through a hole that part of it has been stitched up. And you're constipated because you're on opioids. What if you breastfeed? I mean, if you get cut down there, like, I mean, I don't know. They didn't, they didn't tell me that, but I wasn't breastfeeding anyway because I had to get back on my anxiety medicine, like, right now. <laughs> <clears throat> but it felt like somebody was stabbing, like, pinching really hard between my legs if I didn't take it. And I only took it a few days, and when I came off of it, I wanted to sit and cry and bawl, and I was severely depressed just after a few small doses of it that kept my vagina from, like, feeling like it was being ripped apart. 
yeah so this ties back into last week if you're not ready for that um there's always the abortion option um yeah <laughs> it's really not fun yeah i mean birth control is good too it is good too it is good too but yeah i wasn't expecting that at all and i didn't want to take it i wasn't going to take it but i had to because i also had a child to take care of and i had to function somehow um where was i okay an overdose or concurrent use with other depressant drugs commonly results in death from respiratory depression so basically if you overdose you stop breathing and die opioids act by binding to opioid receptors which are primarily found in the central and peripheral nervous system in the gastroin gastrointestinal tract these are this is my favorite part because i stutter words anyway and this is like long wonderful words so just bear with me these receptors meditate both psycho psychoactive and the somatic effects of opioids because opioids are addictive and may result in fatal overdose most are controlled substances 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 in 2013 between 28 and 38 million people used opioids illicitly in 2011 an estimated 4 million people in the united states used opioids recreationally or were dependent on them as of 2015 increased rates of recreational use and addiction are attributed to over to the overprescription of opioid medication and inexpensive illicit heroin and i have some charts here that <laughs> are lovely because the national drug overdose deaths involving any opioid went from 8,000 in 1995, or it may be 1999, to 47,600 in 2017. So from basically the year 2000 to the year 2017, it went up like 30,000 deaths a year. That's insane. Dislike. Please discontinue. Yeah. Um, once used almost exclusively for the treatment of acute pain or pain due to cancer, opioids are now prescribed liberally for people experiencing chronic pain. So it used to be a drug prescribed for cancer patients, major pain, and now it's just like, oh, your back hurts. Here you go. You got a tooth pulled. You gave birth. Have a pain pill. There's three main types of opioids that I'm going to talk about. The first one's morphine, and the second one is heroin, and the third one is Oxycontin. And these are the most three major opioid medications in the United States. Um, and opioids um, came from the poppy plant. So they've been around for thousands of years. Like, ancient Egyptians used them. Ancient Greeks used them. The Chinese has, have used them for years. They've been around for a very, very, very long time. But no other culture seems to have a huge issue with them, it seems, as we do right now in the United States in the year 2019. Um, I'm going to start this with the very back history and work your way up to today. And you can see 
how many times our government messed up over and over and over again. And I want to hear what you all think about it at the end. So in the year 1800, a German pharmacist wanted to isolate the poppy plant's most valuable component. And this is the alkaloid. And you had to take it, the plant apart in a certain way without hurting this alkaloid. And this was the part that gets you high and or provides pain relief. He was finally successful and he named it morphine after the Greek god of dreams, Morpheus. And he knew that this drug was dangerous. He said, we must be very careful with this drug and something about it causing a bunch of calamity. Uh, during the Civil War, morphine was used for everything. It was used for disease, it was used for injuries, and many soldiers became addicted. Um, it was called the soldier's disease, the fact that they were addicted to morphine as the century, but as the century went on, women, white women, became the majority addicts of morphine. And it was because white women like they gave birth and they had to cook and they had to clean and they weren't expected to deal with as much pain tolerance as a man. Um, a white man was, he could deal with pain, but a black person or a white woman couldn't deal with pain. And white women who had money could just go to the doctor and they were like, here, here's morphine. You'll feel better. And so in 1868, a husband ended up winning a lawsuit because <laughs> this is so messed up. She had nine kids and she didn't feel good one day. And I think she suffered from some kind of health condition on top of having nine kids. So she sent one of her kids to the doctor down the road to get her some morphine pills. And he gave the lady like a couple pills thinking she'll take these over time. Well, the lady took them all at once. And she died. She went into a coma and she died within 24 hours, leaving the husband with their nine kids. And nobody saw this as a problem. Um, the doctors kept prescribing it because it was pretty much the only medication available at the time that would do anything for pain. Aspirin wasn't invented yet. Um, Sorry, what year is this? This was... In 1868. I was going to say I don't buy it, but 1868. Okay. Yeah, 1868. Um, in the early 20th century, a lot of people were addicted and dying from morphine. Um, this affected predominantly white communities because it was either the soldiers or the white women who were addicted to it. Um, so in the early 1900s, they're like, we have to do something about this. <laughs> All these people are getting addicted to morphine, and we need to create a new drug to combat morphine and its danger and effects. But instead, they created heroin. <laughs> yes, not even kidding. So, in the 1920s and 30s, heroin was seen as a safe alternative to morphine. And in the 1890s, Bayer marketed heroin as a non-addictive wonder drug. Bayer, the medical company known today as Bayer, was around back then, and they marketed heroin as a non-addictive wonder drug. Ads were published claiming heroin would relieve a cough, and it was even marketed to children. 
Yes, children. Everyone just pictured like the children's aspirin bottles and like the the Flintstones gummies, but just heroin on it, right? Everyone. Oh yeah, um, it'll okay. relieve a cough, all right. <laughs> right, right. Can you imagine having like nine kids on heroin? <laughs> <laughs> mm. I can't imagine having anyone on heroin, let alone <laughs> right, nine right. children. My kids had a cough, and I gave them a heroin, and now they're running around the house like idiots. No, they'd probably just be fucking seizing on the floor. Jesus. <laughs> okay. All right. I had to find out where I was. Okay. So, they also started marketing this direct to consumer. Um, this was the first time that they were like, an ad would come on TV and they were like, you should buy a heroin or maybe in a newspaper. I don't know when TV came out. This is the Over the counter heroin. Yeah. Yeah. The heroin you want. And by the way, we're still the, like one of the only countries that have medicine ads that sell to us because other countries don't allow that because we're not supposed to see a medication on TV and prescribe it to ourselves. (laughs) So Doctors, some doctors knew that this was bad about the the marketing direct to to consumers for heroin, but um, but they they just kind of got ignored, I guess. And the American Medical Association included heroin in a publication with this disclaimer. This was in 1906. The American Medical Medical Association said that this is really habit forming and is readily wait the habit is readily formed and leads to the most deplorable results but still heroin remained an over-the-counter drug okay so in 1914 they decide to pass the harrison act and they put taxes on morphine and heroin and the doctors also had to report usage to the government so up until this point opioid addiction it was seen as like a medical condition because it was white women and soldiers. But now that doctors had to prescribe the opioids with this new law, it meant that less doctors could actually prescribe it because they had to have really good reasons to prescribe it and they couldn't just prescribe it to everybody. And it wasn't over the counter anymore. People had to actually prescribe it. Doctors had to prescribe it to people. So it began to move morphine and heroin into the underworld, the black market. Um, The people that were all already addicted to morphine and heroin, of course, are going to go into withdrawal. And so what are they going to do? They're going to go to the black market. They can't, like, they could probably beat withdrawal, but as we know, that's very hard to do. So in 1920, uh, prohibition came where they outlawed alcohol completely. So organized crime rings started importing alcohol from other countries. So they started (laughs) including heroin in these imports because people wanted their heroin. They were addicted to it. So in 1924, the government outlaws heroin completely, making it completely illegal. Nobody can have this. First, it was just anybody could get it. Kids could have it. Then it was prescribed. And now all of a sudden, within six years, nobody can have it at all. It's illegal. So now it's a street drug, and people are still addicted to it. Even though it's illegal, people are still addicted to it. So in the 1940s, World War II comes to an end, and every war requires drugs. So during a war, 
um, all the drugs are usually dried up and they're going to like the soldiers and they're fighting disease. But after the war and including the prohibition part, the black market became flooded with heroin. And of course, cities are the major drug routes. That's where the heroin goes to first. So now instead of like doctors suggesting over-the-counter heroin or morphine to white women, you have heroin coming into cities on the black market and basically ran by drug lords. And so you now you have the median age switched to around 20, and it's people that are living in the cities. So now you have African Americans, you have Puerto Ricans, you have basically minority people getting hooked to heroin. And in 1951, Congress decides to pass its first mandatory minimum for drug use. And it's 5, 10, 15 years based on the quantity of the drug. Since most of the drug usage was in the cities, and the cities contained minorities such as African Americans, they disproportionately became affected by this law. So, as of the 1950s, they passed this law, the medical addicts are considered people who take morphine, and they're like the white people. But the recreational addicts are now the people who do heroin, which happen to be black people, because that's where it's concentrated in the cities, and that's where those people live. So basically, the more wealthy white people are getting off in the poor city minority people are getting mandatory sentences for having heroin. Um, in 1950s, there were also more hearings and politicians declare a war on heroin. They decided that they were going to deport drug traffickers that were here illegally, sound familiar, and or make them face the death penalty. So if they weren't here illegally, they were going to just put them to death for dealing drugs. Um, you can see how well that worked. Um, drugs were the remained, and people kept getting locked up, mostly people of color. They were still people addicted. So now we're going to skip to the 1990s. And so now we have, of course, morphine failed miserably because people were addicted to it. Heroin failed miserably because people were addicted to it. But in the 1990s, there was this family called the Sackler family. And they started out... In the 1950s, there were three brothers, and they lived in Brooklyn. They were a very poor family, and the three brothers decided that they all wanted to become doctors in medical research. They wanted to do mental illness studies, and they wanted to do all of this good, wonderful medical stuff. Well, Arthur, the one brother, he also wanted to be a medical professional, but he also wanted to be a business owner. So he bought an ad agency specifying in medical ads. And by now, these medical ads are persuasive ads. And you've all seen them on TV. It's to make people think that they need medicine. Like, are you experiencing migraines? And no matter what the list of side effects are, you're like, hmm, well, it might fix my migraine. Even if I get like crotch rot, it's cool. There's literally a cancer. What I forget what medication it is, but it's a cancer. It's a cancer medication. 
and it's like, or maybe it's rheumatoid arthritis, and it's like, may cause death. And I'm like, really? Yeah. It's a side effect? Sounds like fun. I still don't get why antidepressants may cause depression. Actually, I might. I just learned that, like, bipolar depression can't be treated the same way as other depression. Oh, yeah. well, they maybe just don't know. They're happening. like, because I've I've been prescribed different antidepressants before. Like I was prescribed Zoloft, and they're like, this may work for you, and this may not. So if you become more depressed, let your doctor know. So on Zoloft, I had like satanic nightmares of burning in hell, and I was like, nope, can't take this. But on Effexor, I'm like, yeah, everything's good. So I think that's why they say that, just in case, so you don't think that every antidepressant is going to magically cure you maybe who knows fascinating you know in colorado i don't know if i talked about this last week or not i just listened to the episode today too so i'm a bad listener um but in colorado they just legalized uh medicinal or they're working on legalizing medicinal use of shrooms because apparently they found like links to help cure depression I mean, it makes sense. I'm not good on hallucinating, though. Here, that's what happens. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's like if you need them, they don't make you hallucinate. They just make you happier. Well, and see, like, I wonder if it's kind of like CBD oil where they, like, take out the hallucinogenic components to it and just use, like, certain qualities of it. I'm not, I know zero about anything like this, so I could just be talking out of my butt. Um, but yeah, I saw that on uh, I heard about Franco the other night. Yeah, that's pretty mm. cool. Mm. Okay, so this three brothers, Sackler brothers, Arthur, he wanted his business and to be a medical person. So he starts by he buys his ad company, and then he starts with the persuasive ads, and then he realizes that oh, doctors, people trust doctors. If we sell this medicine to the doctors and the doctors sell it to the patients, then the patients will think they really, really need it and they'll take it. So Arthur used controlled medicine at first to get the public used to taking a pill for every problem. And if you kind of realize, like I grew up in the 90s and I had like first graders in my class that were on ADHD medicine. And so in the 90s, it started to where like, There is literally a pill for everything. You couldn't pay attention, you take a pill. You have a headache, you take a pill. You have a stomach ache, you take a pill. You have pain, you take a pill. Like, you just take a pill. And so Arthur's helping to bring this together in, we're going to put these commercials in front of people's faces and we're going to make them think that there's a cure for every pain. And when they go to the doctor, the doctor's just going to prescribe a pill. They're not going to look for, like, the what's causing the problem. They're just going to be like, well, try this pill. See if it helps with the pain. So, the three brothers went together and bought a pharmacy company and started developing drugs. So, now they have a pharmacy advertising company, and now they have a pharmaceutical company, and they're developing drugs. Like, they're making drugs and selling them and advertising them all at once. So, Congress, of course grills the Sackler family, including Arthur, but Arthur sweet talks them. And I don't know how he did it. I don't know the details of it. All I know is that my guess is 
is that Sackler brothers, with all of their money, were probably like, we'll fund political campaigns with all of our money from these pharmaceuticals. And whenever they, these people get elected and we have to go to Congress and ask for something, we'll get it because we donated to their political uh, campaigns. And that's my guess because even though the pharmaceutical companies and the doctors and the advertising were becoming more and more and more entangled together in the 80s and 90s, and Congress kind of wanted an explanation for it, they really didn't get one. And Arthur and the Sackler brothers, they just get to go on to their major goal, which is to create another opioid to be prescribed to the public. So in the early 90s, they also decided, I don't know who they is, I guess like the American Health Association decides that pain has become an epidemic in America and it's now a fifth vital sign and everybody has pain and it's interfering with their lives and people can't go on with all this pain. So the Sacklers are funding and developing Purdue Pharma in 1996 they come out with Oxycontin, which is an opioid. And they need approval in front of the FDA. So they go in front of the FDA and they pitch this Oxycontin, which is an opioid, which we've been through before with the morphine and we've been through before with the heroin. And they're like, no, no, this one's safer. It's safer. And this is what they said. It says this like on the insert on the bottle when you get it. I don't know if it says it now, but it said it all through the 90s and all through the 2000s. Um, delayed absorption as provided by Oxycontin tablets is believed to reduce the abuse liability of a drug. And they sold this idea to everybody. They sold it to Congress. They sold it to the doctors. They sold it to the patients. And they were basically like, these Oxycontins are in a time-release capsule which means that you don't get the whole dose all at once. And it usually says on a time-release capsule, like you cannot break this capsule um, or it interferes with the distribution of the medicine. Well, that was really easy for people to do because all they have to do is either take more of a cap of than one capsule or they can break it in half and snort it or they can break it in half and burn it into liquid and shoot it into their veins. So the whole delayed absorption tablet was just a trick to get it on the market. And Congress took it. They believed it. I don't know whether they believed it because these people were paying for their political campaigns and getting them elected, or if they were genuinely believed that just because a opioid was put in a little time-release caplet, that it would just be safe for everybody to take and nobody would get addicted to it. So, also, what really makes me angry about this is there was no research behind this claim that they gave, and there were no clinical studies done. These people owned an entire lab and was making and producing, and they probably got taxpayer money to run tests on this medicine that could probably save people's lives that were cancer patients, but no research was behind this claim and there were no, absolutely no clinical studies. But the FDA was just cool with that. They were just like, awesome. So they had doctors, now that, now that the Sacklers and Purdue Pharma 
are cool and they're all released to get their opioid on the market. The um, Sacklers and Purdue Pharma are like, well, we got the government in our pocket. Like, how are we going to get the doctors and the people? Because there might still be doctors that are wary about putting an opioid out there. There might be people that are wary about taking an opioid. So since they own their lovely advertising company, they aired ads with doctors having (laughs) some doctors agree that opioids can and should be used long term. And they hired an army of pharmaceutical salespeople. Uh, They were sales representatives to travel all over the country marketing Oxycontin. Uh, They flew doctors to tropical getaways. They found doctors in rural America, and it was easier to turn these doctors over to prescribing opioids in rural America because uh, similar drugs were already being prescribed, and these doctors were easily convinced. And also, like, you had the coal mines and stuff where people had a lot of pain and worked really hard jobs out in rural areas, so they were just like, yeah, sure, you know, give these people some pain relief. And they ended up calling it hillbilly heroin, and... And additionally, initially, this um, made a majority white customer base. And so they were like, oh, well, I'm getting prescribed my pain medication and it's okay. I can take it, even though it's basically the same thing as heroin, which is causing public panic in the cities. And the minority of the, the minorities of the cities are getting arrested and put in jail for it. So physicians in cities, they're more reluctant to prescribe the opioids to minorities, but um, they can definitely prescribe them to white people because white people need pain relief. So in 2007, Purdue pleaded guilty to criminal charges that it misbranded Oxycontin in marketing by by misrepresenting the risk of addiction and its ability to be abused. So finally... In 2007, they had, there was a lawsuit bringing Purdue, and they were like, hey, you know that little thing you said where it, since it's in a time-release caplet, like, it wouldn't hurt people? And they were like, oh, yeah, well, we misbranded it, and we messed up, and we misrepresented the risk, and I guess it can be abused. So, now... In rural areas and in non-rural areas and all over where people are addicted, um, you have these basically representatives from Purdue going out and they're going to doctors and they're like, you have to push these pills on people. You have to push these pills on people. We need to prescribe more pills. And people, there are more pills in these rural parts in America than there are people. In some of the podcasts I listened to, there were like three pills a day for every man, woman, and child living in the areas. There were people that were like, I sold pills on the street, but I got to the point where I couldn't even sell pills on the street because everybody already had pills. They were being over-prescribed that much in rural areas. So the government is like, oops, this stuff is addictive. We have to do something about it. So they take the, the route of let's arrest everybody. So they go into these rural areas and they start arresting these doctors that are supposedly over-prescribing, basically pill mills, over-prescribing opioids. And that's great, fine, whatever. They're arrested for, for prescribing too many opioids. But now you have people that are addicted to them. 
they need their medicine because they're going to go into withdrawal. Whether they were prescribed it in the beginning or not is relevant. Now they're addicted to it and they need something to take. So they start basically doing heroin out in rural America. And it was such a bad thing for black people to do it in cities. But now that white people are doing it in the country, it's a big problem because we can't have everybody on heroin. (laughs) So now there's even fentanyl, which is even more deadly, um, which is crazy because my grandfather was one of the people who was prescribed pain pills in the nineties to like take care of all of his medical needs. Um, you're in pain, take it. And by the time he died, he was on fentanyl because he had taken pain medication for so long that he needed fentanyl to, um, work against the pain because nothing else would. And he couldn't with, he couldn't, they couldn't wean him off of it because the withdrawal symptoms would have killed him. Um, so now you have the Sackler family, which owns Purdue and they usually, um, donate like millions of dollars to different museums and different schools all over the country. But now people are like people, I guess there was a museum in London that turned down like a million dollar donation from the Sackler family. They were just like, you're kind of killing people. We don't want to take your money. Like we think your money's tainted and we don't want to take it anymore. Um, the Sackler family has since been accused of not reporting illegal activity to the government. So if somebody in their company would come out and say, Hey, I think this person working for you is like pushing too many pills in one area. They were just like, Oh, okay. And they never did anything about it. They never kept track of it or reported it to the government. Um, A Purdue sales manager wrote that Purdue was selling pills to an illegal pill mill and nothing was done about it. It was basically like an organized drug ring and um, they didn't do anything about it. And basically um, the fines that they're having to pay in court are, even though they're millions of dollars, like there's so much less money than what they would make if they just stopped making pain medicine. Like they can make pain medicine and sell pain medicine and pay millions of dollars a year in fines. And it still is like a drop in a bucket because they're making billions off this medicine. Currently there's 1600 cases in federal and state courts um, against Purdue. Uh, Purdue believes that they're not the only ones responsible that other opioid companies were responsible to. Well, the problem I have with that is that they were the first ones. They were the ones that knew that this was, you know, a dangerous path to go down. They were the one that went into the FDA and were like, we need this approved into Congress and we need this approved. Like they were the ones who started this. And of course, other pill companies in order to keep up competition are going to be like, well, they're making an opioid. We have to make an opioid too. We have to make a generic form of it. We have to make another form of it because we have to, you know, keep competitive with this Purdue company. So they also said that their mistake in mislabeling their medication 18 years ago isn't responsible for what's going on now. They don't think that there's a connection there. Um, and the government oversight in this is also to blame. Like, they obviously didn't look at history repeating, repeating itself. And if they did, I think that they were just, it was about money. I think that Purdue was giving them money 
to support their campaigns and they just kind of brushed everything under the rug so they could get reelected. Um, 400,000 people in the last two decades have died from opioid addiction or overdose. I mean, um, uh, my husband had a friend that took opioids for fun and he overdosed one night and stopped, he stopped breathing and he died. He was like in his young twenties and he was my husband's like really good friend. And then there was a girl in my high school. She was in my elementary school and she was also in my high school and we knew each other. We had the same like friend groups. So we were always like, like she would come to my slumber parties and birthday parties and, um, we all hung out at school and played on the playground. And then in high school, we had um, last names with the same first two letters. So she always had her locker right beside me. And then I moved away. But my best friend became really close to her after we graduated high school. And so when I went home to visit, I would also visit her. And I kind of, I wasn't best friends with her, but I knew a lot about her life because my best friends was best friends with her. And so one day I saw on Facebook that she died and what happened was she had a, her father was a schizophrenic and her mother had a gambling addiction and she had mental problems that were basically in the nineties, instead of going to therapy and working through and finding the root of the problem, they just threw pills at her. And so by the time she was in her, I'm going to say thirties, like early 30s, late 20s, early 30s, she was on a lot of different medications. She was on anti-anxiety. She was on antidepressants. She was on pain medications. She was on pretty much anything that you can have acne medication. She was on birth control. She was on so many pills. Well, her insurance company and her doctors were like, we have to cut you back. We're not going to prescribe. We're not going to pay for these anymore. So she lost her pain medication and she was taking it for rheumatoid arthritis and she didn't have her pain medication anymore and she was experiencing withdrawals. So she started doing heroin and she got her tax money and she hadn't been doing heroin very long. She got her tax money, went down to Pittsburgh and this is in BFE, Pennsylvania. This is, I don't hang out with a bunch of druggies like these aren't people who did drugs their whole lives. These are just people who took shit and died. Um, she went down to Pittsburgh, got a bunch of heroin because she had all of her tax money and it was going to last her a long time because she didn't have her pain medication. She went back to her boyfriend's house. She had her son with her who I think at the time was three or four. She put her son up in the attic, which I guess was a nice attic. Like he had a bed up there and everything. And she went downstairs with her boyfriend and they shot up heroin and she died in the middle of the night. And when her son woke up like that day, like his mom was dead. And it's because like if her doctors would have realized like we need to cut her off of this, we need to put her on a plan where she can wean herself down We can't just take her pain medication that she's been on for 10 years from her, you know, but no, she of course went and supplemented it with heroin. Um, and then there was another girl from my area growing up. I didn't know her personally, but my dad knew her mom and she did the same thing. She, um, 
overdose on heroin. And this is like in bumfuck Egypt, Pennsylvania. This isn't a city. This isn't like, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. Like there weren't, there wasn't needles on the street growing up where I lived. Like there was nothing there. There were cows. Like, so to me, it's just absolutely crazy that this one family and the government created this problem and we're all just having to deal with it. We're all just okay. Like we, we don't have a choice, but to be okay with it, you know? And I just wanted to do an episode on it because it's, it's murder when you get down to it. It's people knowing the outcomes of the situation and letting it happen anyway, and then not taking responsibility for it. You know, Purdue is never going to go broke. The Sackler family is never going to go broke. They'll just find something else, find another drug to prescribe. Well, and it's, it's, it's kind of like when you distrust the police, like these are people that you should have your best interest and the most right. knowledge about this thing. And they're just pumping you full of painkillers like 24 yeah. seven. There is a wonder year song that has like those exact lyrics. And every time I hear that song, I think of the girl that died because like she trusted, like she went to the doctor to get help and they pumped her full of pills and then they, they took them away from her. Like, and she was a mother and she had like, there were strong mental issues in her family. Her dad was schizophrenic. Like she could have been too. It just might not have, because they usually don't look for that in girls as much as they do guys. Mm -hmm. And it usually shows up like around the age that she died in, in girls. So them just not even taking her seriously. Like it just kills me. And she wasn't like, I knew her. She wasn't a best friend, but I knew her pretty well. I had been to our house multiple times. Like she wasn't a bad person. She wasn't like, let's go do heroin tonight. Or I wouldn't have went there because I certainly like when I was in high school, I was completely straight edge. <laughs> I don't want to do any of this. It makes me uncomfortable. I might get in trouble. And so it was just like, absolutely. And like the part that sucked is like her son, like he was left without a mother and his father didn't have custody, but his father, he didn't know his father because his father never came and visited him. His father never came and saw him. So for a while, the state was like, well, he has to go live with his dad. And the little boy didn't know his dad. The little boy knew his mom and his grandmother because he lived with his mom and he lived with his grandmother. And so they finally got custody back to the grandmother and she ended up dying of cancer a few years later. And I'm not sure where he's living now. I think he's living with one of the girl's that died I think he's living with one of her brothers because that was like the next closest person that he felt comfortable with but I mean he had to go to therapy because he was there when his mom died so he was just like where's mommy where's mommy like she was here <laughs> and I just can't imagine because it's not a car wreck it's not it was a freak accident it's this is somebody's fault like somebody has to take responsibility for this and yeah, she does a little bit. She's the one that drove and she's the one that got the drugs. Like she's the one that made it happen. But there's so many other things in play there that it couldn't have been all her fault. You know, there's a big thing too. I've noticed and I could, I'm very, 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 very sensitive about the subject. So I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone. 
Um, but not too sorry because it's no, it's there. really easy to offend people. Like I'm doing this case and I'm like, oh my god, like there's so well, many things where I could offend people here. But a big thing with conservatives is is they don't believe that addiction is a disease. And I'm not just saying like I guess I it's it sounds very blanket statementy, but like a lot of people. Thank you, Boris. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but a lot of people just don't think it's that serious and that it's just like people making poor decisions. You know what I mean? Like, no, I'm just trying I'm to just get high. That. But it's, like, I'm researching you know. for it and I'm like, okay, well, some of it is probably poor decisions, like a small percent of it. But like looking at all of the people through history who have been addicted to morphine and heroin and now pills, like, a lot of the majority and more people were on this stuff than what we really think according to the research I did. So it's like how many of us have it in our system? Like how many of us have a relative that was addicted to this and does it affect us? Does it affect our genes and how we're addicted to stuff and how we're wired? You know, has there been any studies on that? Because I'm sure there hasn't since, um, you know, they were like, let's approve you know, heroin for the third time in a row and see how how it goes, see how it flies. I don't know if it's a study on genetics, but I do know if someone in your family is addicted to something, you are like more likely to be addicted yeah, to it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like if your dad's an alcoholic, you, you have a chance of becoming an alcoholic too. So you want to try to stay away from it. But yeah, it's just crazy. Because like the amount of soldiers that they were like pumping morphine into during the wars and then when the wars end like they brought it back with them (laughs) so you know you could have relatives addicted to the scrap and not even not even know it not even go to the doctor to get your my husband went to get his tooth pulled last week and he came home with a bottle of hydros and for a tooth pull and that's the thing like i i've only been prescribed twice one time was when i gave birth which is understandable the other time I went to have to get my wisdom teeth out. Well, the thing about my wisdom teeth, they just needed pulled. They didn't need cut out. They were already all four grown in. They would grow in and then they stopped and they were starting to crowd my teeth. So I decided I wanted them out before all my teeth were crooked. They did not have to be completely cut out and extracted, just pulled. They gave me my pain medicine and they were like, you need to take this every four to six hours, whether you are in pain or not. And of course I believed it because I've never taken pain medication before. I've never had teeth extracted before. All I know is, is that people have say it sucks and that you should take your pain medication as prescribed. So I believe them. So I come home and I just had teeth pulled. So I'm not, I didn't, go under or anything I'm not in that much pain but I need to take my pain medication when I'm supposed to take it because that's what my dentist told me and he knows about this so by nine o'clock that night I'm like puking and spinning because I had taken too much pain medication that I didn't need and I didn't even know it and said and I I was like what's wrong with me why am I spinning am I having an anxiety attack and my husband was like when did you take your pain medicine and I was just like oh like 30 minutes ago and he's like you Was your mouth hurting? And I was like, well, no, but they told me I should take it or I would get really bad pain. And he's like, no, no, you took too much. You're, you're pill sick. He's like, you need to eat like bread right now. (laughs) 
and I, I had no idea. Like, why would they tell people that? Why? And I didn't, I didn't have to take, he's like, now if you can get by on an ibuprofen, you should take one. And so I did, like I took ibuprofen for the rest of the time because I didn't even need pain medication that strong. And that was in, that was in 2009 that I got my teeth taken out. Yeah. 2009. Mm -hmm. And when I gave birth, like, yeah, like that was a hefty cut. Like I can understand taking pain medication for that. But like I said, coming off of that was awful. Like it was, I was really depressed and I wanted to cry and I was like, I can't do anything right. And I'm going to fail as a mother. And I don't know how to take care of this tiny human. And it was probably also like hormones and stuff, but yeah, really bad time for a woman to take pain medication. <laughs> yeah, truly. So that's um, my take on that. And I'm sorry if it's a bummer. It's okay. Uh, just as like kind of a blanket. This is a blanket statement. If you or anyone you know is struggling with any of these issues, there are so many hotlines. One of them is uh, 1-800-448-3000, and that's going to give you the Boys Town National Hotline. And then there's also an anonymous free crisis counseling text line um, that's 741-741. So. And don't feel, like, down on yourself because it's not your fault. <clears throat> like... The people I knew in these situations, it wasn't their fault. And, like, they shouldn't have died. And I, I'm i not sure why a 30-year-old was prescribed pain medication for rheumatoid arthritis either. But I know that I remember her specifically saying that that's why she was on pain medication. So I'm pretty sure it was just one of those things where it's the 90s. And do you have any other symptoms we can treat today? Besides your mental illness? <laughs> yeah, my back hurts. Well, here, have this pain medicine. I don't know. It just sucks. It sucks for families. It sucks for, like, great-grandmothers and grandmothers that are raising their kids, their grandkids, because people can't. Like, the, the documentary Heroin, it was absolutely insane people were being released from jail and this one guy had two little girls and he was like i'm gonna do it this time i'm gonna stay clean and no matter what he tried he couldn't stay clean couldn't and you know it's not like they it's not like they can go to those luxurious resorts that are on what's that one show on tv where they um they get addicted to something and their family like corners them in a room with um, intervention yeah, intervention. It's not like they can have the money to go to those resorts. And they don't even have, like, areas in their cities that can even treat them. Like, the best treatment that you're going to get if you're on, if you have an opioid addiction is Suboxone. And it's basically really small amounts of an opioid drug over a really long period of time. And it does help some people. I mean definitely try it because it's probably going to be your over only option of getting off but it's not your fault i hate it i know um, it's not there is an organization called shatterproof uh that fights opioid addiction um and provides i guess resources to people that need it so if you know someone that needs help it might be a good place to start also I think it's come to the point where, like, we're going to have to help each other because I don't think that the government's going to do it for us. 
I don't think that the politicians are gonna do it for us. I think that, like, if you want to help somebody, like, you're going to have to do it. I mean, you don't have to, like, take it on if you mentally can't or physically can't take it on, but a time comes when, like, you just be like, oh, well, they're addicted to drugs and it's their problem. Like, no, like, they need help. They probably don't want to be a drug addict. They probably didn't ask for it. They probably just, I mean, I, the stories I've heard of people going to the dentist and getting addicted to it is crazy. Like a dentist prescription for pain medication isn't for that long, but they get addicted to it because it's addictive. It's an opioid. So that's all I got. Um, how about some things we like? <laughs> I'm gonna go meet fuck I'm not sure. That, what? that was I'm gonna go meet Joe Bob Briggs. Also, no, there have been robins in my yard. They're coming <laughs> for you. I know. There's a gang of robins in your yard. Shite. There is. Um yeah, I like that I'm gonna go meet Joe Bob Briggs. I like that I have a pretty dope friend group um, that I get to have brunch with and do crazy stuff with every weekend. I It's weird because, like, I've had a really, really, really miserable couple of days, but, like, I'm honestly feeling okay. I, I'm happy, but also, like, miserable. It's... Who is she? <laughs> um... But yeah, that's what I like. I like that after this, I'm no, I know we already did that, but I'm just gonna go take a bath and watch some people get like brutally murdered in a horror movie. Yas, queen, yas. I'll get to. I have something that I like, but we also watched a movie called American Honey last night, and it really pissed. I know this isn't a movie podcast. Yeah, is that the one with Shia LaBeouf? Yeah, Shia LaBeouf, and it's like two two hours and forty three minutes of my life wasted. That's exactly my face, Sasha, when I realized it was two hours and forty three minutes long, because we were only twenty minutes in, and I was like, "Wait, this is still going on." It's literally two hours and forty three minutes of a bunch of teenagers, a bunch of white teenagers, selling magazines and saying the n word. And then, like, some softcore porn with Shia LaBeouf. Always, always with him. Featuring a girl that's ten years younger than him. I'm just saying. I like how we tried to get some Violet a tarot card reading. But, uh, she, like, goes to sign up, and they're like, the next slot's in 70 minutes. And she's like, don't care that much. And, like, walks she was literally like all right uh we can fit you in at 345 and i was like mm, i have commitment issues i'm gonna have to say no because i'm gonna feel bad if i don't show up yeah that's pretty great and Bless. you can ask sasha i didn't do any of the things i wanted to do at the festival yes boris just somehow magically find your collar and tear it apart i don't care mm-hmm. um <laughs> uh but I didn't do anything I wanted to do at the Renaissance Festival except for eat a turkey leg and hang out with my friends, which... Woo! But yeah, I saw that the joust was in the sun and I was like, mm, no. 
93 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> 93 degrees. It's not going to get any I better. I was wearing either. a cloak. <laughs> I was going to say, didn't you guys have layers on? Yeah, I was dressed no. like Jon Snow was on his way <laughs> to the wall with my boobies hanging out. So that was a plus. If there, if it's that hot out, like I'm going to be in the water. Yeah. I'm not going to be in a cloak. Sorry, I was hissing at the water. I just got a new swimsuit. <laughs> Ooh, I would love yeah. You know what's weird is like, I always have the best time in the water when I'm there, except for like showers. But like, I hate showers. Getting showers. to the water for me is always like, I hate why, it, do you, why do you hate showers, Violet? Because I hate showers I too. I told you I hate standing. <laughs> I hate any kind of physical effort that I like. I love that. I hate showers. Yeah, yeah love that. I don't have time for baths because when I take baths, I like to Same. make the water go cold twice. Me too. Me too. I did that the other night and it was dumb. And then I just ran out of hot water completely and I was like, well, I got to get out of this now. But See, showers, I like, love to do that. But I hate showers. Like, I hate the fact that you're you're cold at the beginning. Like, there's no instant get warm. You're just cold. And then your wet hair is flopping around everywhere, and it's sticking to you. It's sticking all over you. You have it, like, in your butt crack, in your armpits, like, on your arm. It's itching you. My nose gets itchy in the shower. My nose gets itchy in the shower the entire time. Oh, it doesn't matter. My hair is thick, and it comes out in Are you allergic to steam? I don't know. My nose itches. I have to hang a towel on the side of the shower so I can just itch the fuck out of my nose. You know. Yeah, I, I hate, hate hot tubs. Hate them. Miserable. Every time I'm in a hot tub, I'm like, uh. I? Yeah, but I was, I was pretty far gone that well, that's um, <laughs> Yeah, but, and I remember, like, every time I'm in a hot tub, I was like, ooh. It was so nice. And then water, and that's the worst feeling ever. Like, I feel like I'm getting stinkier as I sit in water. Mm. Anyways. Macy, what do you like this week, though? I'm sorry American Honey sucks so bad. I wish we had a really dope movie podcast. I bought dance go clogs to work in, and I love them. Oh, are you so comfortable? I am. I took it like three days to break them in, but yeah, now I am. I'm on that clog life, though. Any chance I have to wear them. I love it. Take I'm wearing yourself. Take care of your feet. Your feet are tired. Your barista, I, your feet are tired. I hate saying this but it's so true like spend money on the things that connect you to the ground like oh okay next tattoo just kidding i would no, never that would be weird <laughs> no but like your shoes your bed and your car tires like these are the things that you should spend money on wow. i got reebok ultra boost they were 250 dollars. it was the most expensive thing i've ever bought that's what i spent on my tires i'm kidding i love buying car stuff Okay, I was like, I feel bad. Um, <laughs> but, like, I put on these sneakers, and I feel like I can run every day. I need That's them. something I've never felt before. Do they hurt your knees? I'm nope. old, and my knees hurt when I run. Nope, they don't hurt my knees. I've got this weird toe thing that causes, like, shooting pain all the way up my IT band, and it doesn't irritate that. Oh, that's great. Yep. That's, that's great. Great. 29-year-old lady. Take care of your feet. (laughs) Take care of your feet. I'm going to feel better when you all turn 30, because then I won't feel, like, so much older than everybody. But you're not. 
I feel yeah, like you're really it makes not. you feel any better. I don't remember how old I am ever. I think it's so the generation gap. I'm 30 like, now. And it just happened. <laughs> <laughs> I think like growing up in the 80s versus growing up in the 90s is like what makes me feel older. Yeah, it was only four months into the 90s. Yeah. Barely made it. Yep. I just want you all to know that I'm so obsessed with the 80s that I think I've convinced myself that I did live through it. So if that makes you feel any better, well, I can, I can tell us. you about some, like, I'm, I don't think I, no offense, I don't think I need any help. <laughs> <laughs> I love I the music for her I and her 80s you. playlist. I still want to cosplay as Funky Brewster. I can never get down Funky Brewster, but I don't know why. But I used to, like, when I was, like, 16, I used to buy old Tiger Beat magazines off the internet and read them. And I had pictures of Rob Lowe and C. Thomas Howell and Matt Dillon on my binder. And everyone was like, pictures look old. And I was like, I, like, 100% have woken up some mornings and been like, I probably lived in the 80s. Maybe. Maybe you were, like, no a child of the 80s that died in this, like, horrific way, and you came back to life as Violet. The machete welder. Well, I'm sorry for them. <laughs> just, do you still have gotcha. that Rob Lowe poster? That's all I want to know. Which one? Yes, that's the right answer. Which, no, I do have, well, I have two Emilio Estevez posters. I have one Sixteen Candles poster. I have one Breakfast Club poster. Well, I said, I don't know. You said you had, oh, you just saw them in the Tiger Beat magazine. Never mind. Oh, like the fold out magazines. I never oh. took out the posters from the fold out magazines because I wanted them to be in pristine condition. But I did have a poster of Rob Lowe playing saxophone from St. Almost Fire once upon a time. Yeah. I'm telling you, I am Who I think in it. Is... Did you watch Parts and Rec? You from Parks and Recreation, Sasha. A hundred percent. Hundred. Literally. One hundred. The best. I'm dead. <laughs> oh, that is not who I thought it was, but that will work. This works out. Who did you think it was? I don't want to tell you. Now I wa- Now I gotta know. <laughs> I don't. I don't I know his this. last name, but he's another Rob, and he is in Adam Sandler's movie sometimes. The You Can Do It guy. Child above? No. Shield proof? You can you can, you can Rob Schneider from Waterboy? <laughs> wow, that's exactly right. <laughs> no, I won't allow that. Yes, I just had a giant poster of him from the hot chick. Rob Schneider. Was okay, here's checking. something you all can like is that I quote the dumbest things from the dumbest movies and the hot chick is one of them and I think about it every single day of my life whenever <laughs> anyone goes oh, I think about it literally but there's the scene in the hot chick where he's in the or the girl is in his body or whatever and this guy is walking away from him and he goes really <laughs> I think about I will find it on the internet and send it to everyone immediately there was a guy on one of the like reality shows on MTV with a last name Blow. Who is he? Ooh, that's what? That's who Unless I. Unless he of. was on Teen Mom or Rock of Love, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I still do only watch Teen Mom, and I watch the challenge on MTV, and that's it. 
So, Maisie, did you say what you liked? I just kept talking about things that I like. Yeah, the clocks. <laughs> clocks. Sasha, what do you like? My new swimming. Bought my son a scuba mask and flippers for the swimming pool for his birthday last year, and we busted them out yesterday. And the bad news is, is that the flippers are too big for him, and they fly off. But the good news is, is that the flippers fit me, and I have been having the time of my life trying to walk and swim in the swimming pool with flippers. <laughs> That's really funny. That's so pure. I fucking love it. It makes me feel like a little kid again. I think that's everything. This is a long podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Murder Blows. On Instagram at Murder Blows. Send us your two close for comforts stories. Um, MurderBlows at gmail.com Thanks Woo! for listening to me mangle my uh, pharmaceutical words. Sorts of tied up in my cords. Help! There we go. I had something to add, and now I don't remember what it was. This is my song about adding stuff, adding Sasha.